public address announcers hold a special place in my heart because it is where I got my start as a game day worker. Hi again, everybody. This is Barry Beal, founder and editor of GameDayWorkers.com, the new blog, job board, and podcast dedicated to part-time game day staff and to the professionals who hire them. I got my start as a public address announcer back in 2002 when I was just a raw 17-year-old kid, senior in high school, announcing for my high school's girls basketball team. And the first night that I announced, I'll tell you, it was a mixture of nerves and excitement. But whenever I flipped that microphone on for the starting lineups and heard my voice amplified over the PA system, it definitely gives you a rush. And that's a rush that it's hard to replicate. So having PA announcers on the program uh, will be a staple. I plan on having as many as I can come and talk about their experiences as a public address announcer, how they were able to break into the business of being a public address announcer, and any advice that they may have for youngsters coming up uh, who are just 17-year-old high school kids like I was back in 2002. So we have one of those PA announcers on the podcast today. His name is Bill Nevin, and he is the public address announcer for West Virginia University football and men's basketball, as well as the West Virginia Black Bears, a minor league baseball team. Bill will be here in just a minute, and he will tell us about the differences between announcing football, basketball, and baseball, how he managed to acquire those positions, and again, ask him if he has any tips or advice for anybody looking to break in to public address announcing to one day reach um, football and men's basketball at a Power 5 school. So when we come back on the Game Day Workers podcast, it'll be Bill Nevin from West Virginia University. Welcome back to the Game Day Workers podcast. West Virginia University public address announcer Bill Nevin is here. And Bill, I'd like to thank you for agreeing to appear on the podcast, even after learning that I am a proud graduate of the University of Pittsburgh. So I do appreciate that. (laughs) I won't hold that against you. (laughs) Appreciate you uh, having me on. It's a pleasure. And so even though I am a Pitt grad, I can't deny that West Virginia has great atmosphere You're the football PA announcer, the men's basketball PA announcer. Great atmosphere. So off the top, I'd like to ask you what it's like this year with the uh, the COVID situation at West Virginia. Well, it uh, it's certainly different. There's no question about that. Uh, So for football, uh, let's talk a little bit about that and then we'll go into basketball. So since uh, since the virus has been around the beginning of football, the first few games, we, we didn't even have any fans uh, in in the stands other than uh, players, families, coaches, families. And that that was for the games that were in September. And then in October and into November, we had 15,000 fans that we allowed in and the capacity of our football stadium is about 60,000. So 
you're talking about a quarter of what we normally would get for uh, a football game. And then our last game of the season, we ended up having to to cancel against Oklahoma just because of COVID uh, uh, protocols with COVID with with the Oklahoma team. So um, yeah, it was certainly different. We we piped in a little bit of crowd noise, uh, as I think you know many venues are, are doing, but it just doesn't take the place of actual fans. Um, so it was different. I didn't make any changes as the public address announcer. I figure if there's one person there or there's 60,000 fans there, I want to kind of give them the excitement uh, of, of being at an actual game. Uh, for basketball here, we still have not been uh, able to allow any fans into our Coliseum other than, as I mentioned, players' families or coaches' families. Our numbers here in uh, in northern West Virginia in the Morgantown area have have just been kind of through the roof uh, the last couple of months. Uh, hopefully here, maybe in February, first part of March, as we wrap up the regular season, we'll be able to get some fans into the Coliseum for our basketball team. But uh, it certainly has been different not having fans there. I could imagine. And one, I, I was going to ask you about, you know, did you change your approach at all? And I appreciate you uh, cutting that off uh, and answering that one. But in terms of say like a marketing script or anything like that, can you talk about the differences or was it been completely eliminated when there's no fans around? No, I still have a script, um, but it's very scaled back, obviously. And a lot of what we do during timeouts is engaging with the fans, whether it be some type of a contest on the floor. The conference has really dictated, especially with basketball and for football, for that matter, what people are allowed onto the field or the court. And it's very strict. And so we've had to eliminate all of those uh, contests that we would normally have like during timeouts. We've not had a pet band there. We've not had any cheerleaders. Uh, or a dance team that would come out and perform. So we've done a lot of stuff via video, but again, there's 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 just that no engagement. So that that obviously takes from my script, as I would normally announce those types of things. So it's pretty much uh, what I would consider to be uh, promotions for the athletic department, upcoming games, and then always it seems like we're reminding people to the three W's. You know, um, wear a mask, watch your distance, and uh, wash your hands. <laughs> and and so that's really kind of almost every other break we're reminding people to keep their mask on. Well, and I think that plays into the part of the public address announcer too. Is you're not there for entertainment. You're not there just to announce who scored a touchdown or who hit a three pointer. But um, you're also there for crisis communication. So um, I think that's an important role for a PA announcer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously, um, you know, I, I work for West Virginia University and um, part of my job is 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 with the marketing department. And, you know, as the team goes, I kind of go if the team is scoring and it's very exciting. You know, I'm I'm I try to bring a little bit of life uh, to the to the game itself. But like you just mentioned, at times there are announcements that are um, that are more. Um, informational and you want people to listen, you're giving directions uh, such as the, you know, the, the promotion about wearing a mask is important, uh, where to go if there's should uh, in the event of an emergency, things like that. In fact, I have a, uh, I have a set of scripts that are with me all the time and I hope I never have to 
to go to them, but uh, they're there in the event of an emergency. So yeah, the, the public address information is, is an information officer too. So let's take it back now. We can get off of COVID for a minute. I think everybody's probably tired of hearing about <laughs> that. Um, so you've been the uh, announcer for the basketball team since 2004. Can you go back to how that opening came up and how you were aware of it and how you ended up getting the job? Well, as I mentioned earlier, too, uh, when we, we first started talking about how these positions uh, for some of the game day workers, um, people really enjoy what they do. And so they don't come open very often. And the, the fellow that was the public address announcer at West Virginia for football and basketball also was the marching band announcer. He uh, had been in that role for over 40 years. And unfortunately, uh, he, um, he developed cancer in the early part of 2004 and passed away. And um, they had uh, auditions for his position. I had been a backup for him, hardly ever missed though. I, I probably, uh, since I came to West Virginia in 1990 through 2004, I maybe had filled in for him uh, like two times. The man just never missed. And so they had auditions over at the, the football stadium. And there were a number of people that that auditioned for the for the job. And uh, what they ended up doing was splitting it up and they gave one person the football duties. I had already been the marching band announcer and then they gave me the the men's basketball job. And so that's kind of how it how it really kind of developed from there. And then back here in 2014, the fella that was the, the football PA announcer, and by the way, we were we served as kind of a backup for each other. Um, he ended up getting another job, couldn't do football, and they just asked me if I would take that on full time. So I've kind of been the football announcer since 2014 and men's basketball since uh, 2004. I fill in occasionally. Uh, I know our um, our women's PA announcer this year had some issues with COVID back in December, and I filled in a couple games doing women's basketball as well. Um, so that's that's kind of how that that developed. And so I was in college in 2004. So this is like prime Big East basketball, you know, prime height of my knowledge of this. So that was Kevin Pitsnoggle territory, right? So um, can you just talk about maybe what those teams were obviously very good. Uh, was there, you know, your first game or your first year or in, within those first couple of years, you know, when, when you said to yourself, man, okay, I, I've, you know, this is big time. Yeah. So um, in 2004 would have been John Beeline's, uh, I believe, second year at West Virginia, second or third year at West Virginia. So he was still trying to turn the program around here. And um, what when we really started, uh, when it really started clicking was like in 2005. And you mentioned Kevin Pitsnoggle. And 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 so uh, obviously John Beeline, 2005, six. He left in seven, went to Michigan, but we really got things turned around here in terms of men's basketball. Um, football had already been, you know, really going well, and I and I wasn't doing football at the time. But then the basketball really started to turn around, and then then hugs came back here uh, in in two thousand um, seven, eight, right in that particular time frame, and it's been here ever since. And you know, we've we for the most part had some really really good teams. Of course, in 2010, we went to the final four. Um, so basketball has been big, you know, uh, big East, as you mentioned, and then, and then, 
you know, we went over into the Big 12. And so that's that's been exciting as well, having Kansas come here. And and, and Baylor was ranked uh, number one here a couple years ago when they came in. They got another great team this year. Kansas is always good. So um, those games. But back in the Big East, and you mentioned being a Pitt grad, those were some of our biggest games. Those were huge. Um, Pitt always had a, a great team under Jamie Dixon. And um, they come here to Morgantown. And, of course, the place would be be packed same way when we went to went up to uh, to play at Pitt, and so those were great games. Those are some of the the games I really remember back when we played in the Big East. Um, people don't remember, uh, you know, how good Syracuse was in Connecticut and 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 Pitt and and West Virginia was right in there too. Always always scrapping with those teams, and it was always uh, we always had great crowds here. Usually sellouts for those games. The rivalry is what I miss with you know playing Pitt. Those that that was those were great games. Those were exciting games. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I mean I could go in. We could talk Biggie's basketball for an hour and a half, <laughs> but uh, I'll move on and keep it on 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 topic here. So, um, switching to to football for a second. So, um, I, I want to talk about your relationship with your spotter. Um, how you've either do you have spotters? What what tasks do they have for you? And you know how do you sort of train them along to help you in the best way possible? I think I really got lucky here. Uh, So back when they asked me to take over uh, doing uh, the football public address announcing, they said, hey, uh, you know, you uh, you can bring your own spotter along with you. Um, and you know, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll pay that person, uh, through the athletic department, but it's kind of your, your responsibility to find someone, the past PA announcer had somebody. And so, um, I um, immediately thought of this this young kid who was in, in college at the time who had uh, approached me uh, uh, at one point, um, was was kind of friends with my kids in high school and was just an avid football fan and just, just could tell you the names and numbers of players uh, off the top of his head. And, and as you know, as a, as a spotter, I mean, it, it's a, we call them spotters, but they're player identifiers, really. That's <laughs> what their main role is. And I, and, and I thought, wow, I wonder if he'd be interested in this. And, I, and so I approached Justin and he's, he's like, oh, I'd love it. So brought him on with me. We started in 2014 and um, uh, he's been with me ever since. And he is just, um, first of all, he just he really does a great job. He kind of has this uh, photographic memory, even with visiting teams coming in. He can look at a kind of look at the the two the deep of a team coming in here at the beginning of the week and really, you know, has it kind of in his mind. And then it's all about flow, really. Um, when he knows what I want, he knows the timing for me as I get done announcing something, he's got something ready for me and he's just feeding stuff into my ear. And it's, it, it's really about a chemistry that has developed over the, the past few years with him. Um, and, and, uh, when, when he's unable to make it, which thankfully is not very often, um, I have somebody else that fills in as a backup and this person does a nice job too, but it's, it's all about the chemistry and just knowing what I want and what I need and what I follow and then what, what he follows. And, and it's just, it, it just flows really nicely and that's important. And it, and it, it didn't start that way. I mean, it's developed over time. Um, but, um, that's, 
that's kind of how that's developed. I think that's a really important role for the PA announcer. And when you ask people in football uh, about their relationship with the spotter, I mean, I, I couldn't really do my job without a spotter because the, the, the PA booth at Milan Pushkar Stadium here in Morgantown is really high up. And so um, you're really relying on your spotter to have his glasses on and he, on the play. And he, we have a monitor there and that's helpful too, but he, he really knows what I need and what I want. And, and so it's, it's that chemistry that's developed. And so it's a, it's a really important role, the role of the spotter and helping the PA announcer. And I find this interesting because I, I did high school PA announcing for football when I was in college. So I, I had my dad actually be my spotter and I said, I'll get the offense and you take care of the tackler. I don't know if you have a similar system or if you do your own thing or how, how he helps you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it's one of those things, Justin gives me a lot of, a lot of information. He, um, he will uh, actually let me know, um, who's in the backfield, uh, right away. Um, just so I have an idea on who, if there's a handoff, who, who, who the, who is probably going to get the ball. Um, he, he, he lets me know who the tackler is. My, what I focus in on is down in distance most of the time. And so he's, he's really kind of identifying the players as the glasses on, and I'm looking at the down, the distance to go things that, you know, how much, how much yardage was gained on the play. And then while he's not technically a spotter, there's another fellow that sits next to me that is doing a lot of the video board stuff. And he's kind of cueing me on my scripts and things like that. But he does a lot of video work with the team and knows a lot of the players, too, and is following the play. And he's he's a big help to me, too, at times. He'll identify who there might have been a long pass and he's he knows right away who the who some of the receivers are. And so it's kind of a, you know, you, you kind of have a team approach to things and I take all the help I can get. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I mean, it is a team effort. I'm sure with everything going on in that box, you know, where you have to pay attention to some of the things on the video board and also what's happening on the field that um, you do need a little team there to help you along. Um, no, no question. Yeah. And um, I, I wanted to get into your, your other job, uh, minor league baseball uh, with the West Virginia Black Bears. So can you explain maybe not even how you got into that job, but the differences between football, basketball, and baseball, and maybe does your style change at all between any of those three sports? Uh, I, I'd say there's a big difference between um, football and, and basketball uh, as opposed to baseball because football and basketball, obviously, they're, um, they're fast-paced. Um, baseball, you, you have a lot of time. There's a lot of downtime. Uh, when it comes to to PA announcing, um, football, especially uh, here in the Big Twelve, uh, Big Twelve conference, there's a lot of what we you know no huddle offenses, kind of hurry up offenses at times, and so it, it it's 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 really comes to to timing and being able to spit everything out before the ball is snapped for the next play, and so basketball. You, you know, it's obviously pretty fast paced as well, but you're right down there on the floor and you've only got 10 players football. You've got 22 players out there at any given time. A lot of them aren't skilled players. So you're probably not going to be worried about announcing those people. But again, there's, there's, there's differences between those two and baseball, um, especially in minor league baseball. It's really all about the, the promotions 
at the yeah. half inning and at the end of the inning. Sure. And you've got a lot of engagement with fans and you've got contests and things going on uh, on the on the field itself. And so my script for uh, a nine inning minor league baseball game probably has about 20 pages because it's got so many different promotions and contests that are going on uh, in between, you know, half innings. So that's, that's the, the big difference. I think um, while basketball and, and football at the college level, there's a lot of promotions and things too, but not, not nearly as many as there are in minor league baseball. And, and again, you're just announcing kind of who the batter is. Um, there's there's downtime in between. You're working with your person who has walk up music, so there's a little bit of chemistry you have to develop there. Um, yeah, all of them are a little bit unique, but there's a bigger difference, I think, between basketball and football and and baseball. Sure, and I think being a minor league uh, PA announcer, it's kind of like hurry up and wait, right? You have that <laughs> two minutes and thirty seconds to get through. Your, that's where the bulk of your script comes from, right? And you're right. Once the inning starts, you're just announcing the hitter, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the work that we do, uh, you know, comes in between, in, you know, in between half innings. And and so, you know, that's one of the big things about and a lot of times the promotions don't change so much. So once you kind of have the script down and some of it, you know, we have it's interesting. Pepperoni rolls are really big in in northern West Virginia. And mm-hmm. you, you talk to people outside of the state of West Virginia, they don't even know kind of what it is. It's kind of like <laughs> when you go to a Pittsburgh Pirates game, you have the pierogi. Sure. The pierogi race. Well, we have the pepperoni roll race down oh, here. Nice. And so each game there's a different pepperoni roll who wins. So I have to kind of ad lib through that. But I kind of know ahead of time who's going to win and if there's going to be like some type of a, a weird thing to the race and stuff. So you have some fun with things, you know, on the promotion side of uh, side of the house. So you're kind of that in minor league baseball, you're really kind of working for the, the, the promotions and marketing team more so than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, it sounds like a a great job, and you know, you're all year long. Basically, you have some sort of public address announcing job. So, um, I wanted to get into any advice you may have for young announcers, or you know, just a young person who wants to get into working in athletics. Um, what kind of advice you could offer them? Yeah, I, I've got a I've got a great example of a, a young man who was really interested in. Uh, becoming a public address announcer. This has been a few years ago, and was actually um, doing some work at his, his at his high school. Uh, doing, uh, you know, I think he was the public address announcer for maybe his his women's basketball team there, and he wanted to um, wanted to try to kind of learn from me and, and and mentor and see if maybe he could work his way up into something at West Virginia University. And um, you know, I got an email from him just kind of out of the blue. And, uh, you know, I have a full-time day job and I was just kind of, you know, I was busy. I thought, yeah, I'll get back to this kid, you know? And, 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 you know, it was probably two weeks went by. He, he emails me again, you know, he was, he was persistent. And that's one of the things I will tell people, you just, you kind of need to be persistent. People are busy. And it wasn't like I didn't want to help the young man. I just, like I was busy. So second email come in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back to this guy. So I said, yeah. I said, why don't you, why don't you come up to one of the minor league baseball games? You can come sit with me uh, for the whole game. And, um, and I said, by the way, I said, send me, send me a couple audio files of your, of your work. I'll be glad to listen to it and 
you know, provide some feedback. So he did that. And I, and when I first got, I thought, wow, this kid's not bad, you know? Yeah. And uh, there's something there that we can work with this, you know? And so they came to one of my games and we, we, we talked and, um, just so happens that some of the folks in the uh, communications department at WVU that particular fall were looking uh, for some PA announcers for soccer and for wrestling and volleyball. And I told Caden, uh, I said, hey, you know, apply here. I'm going to put in put in your your name here. They had some, had some auditions and lo and behold, he was good enough to get uh you know the wrestling gig and in the volleyball gig oh great and then um it just so happens they reached out to me and asked me hey you want to do uh you want to do wvu baseball this year and usually i try to take a little bit of a break after basketball and minor league baseball so i'm a fill-in on baseball here for the college i really don't want to do it full-time and i said no i really don't but i said i got a young kid you know, who you're familiar with because he's done. I said, I think he can do baseball. I really do. And they say, oh, and I'm like, well, okay, well, we're going to have auditions. Yeah. So they auditioned and guess what? He got the job. And all the meantime, he'd been sending me his files and things and I've been helping him out. So um, to make kind of a long story short, and he ended up that year, we, we, our, but the baseball team was good enough to host a regional here in Morgantown back in 2019. And I did, uh, some of those games and Caden was, they felt he was good enough to do a couple of the regional uh, baseball games here at the division one level for NCAA. And I, I was really proud of him. He's, he's done a, a great job. He, um, he does some of our, um, uh, I call them the non-revenue sports here at WVU now and still stays active and kind of, he's been a fill in for me on minor league baseball as a backup. And so I guess to make a long story short, you had asked what advice I have. You just got to be persistent. Reach out to somebody who you admire or you think does a nice job and say, hey, I'd like to do what you do. Can you know, can you help me? And that goes to even just getting your foot in the door. Maybe you don't want to be the clock operator. You don't want to be the timeout coordinator or you don't want to be an official school. But but maybe you want to just see how things work. They're always looking for people that are willing to come in and, you know, work their way into a backup role. And then, you know, we're not going to be around forever. And so it's like, Hey, there's going to be a time, especially during this season when you never know when COVID's going to come into play and they're going to be looking for somebody to, to fill in as a backup. You just need to be persistent and uh, reach out to people and say, Hey, can you help me? And most people are like, they're willing to help you young kids. Uh, they want to see people succeed. Yeah. And that's so fascinating that a second email, not that you ignored him the first time, but just, Hey, it slipped my mind. And he said, I'm going to send him another email. And it led to all of this work for him. And yeah. And, and, uh, you know, um, I know he appreciates, um, my work for him, but it, I really appreciate him just, um, being persistent and really trying to work and craft his own a little bit and to get some reps in and, and, and he's really improved over a couple of years to go from, you know, calling, calling women's basketball at the high school level, all the way up to doing a division one regional tournament here for baseball. I mean, he really worked hard to get to that level. And so it, it, hard work repetitions come into play a lot being able to just take scripts. I, I would send him some of my scripts that I would get. And I said, um, it's not so much that you have to have just, just great voice, but you have to be able to read well. You know, you're going to be reading for sponsors and they don't want to hear you make a mistake when 
you're pushing out their product or their service. It, it needs to be flawless. And I tell I tell people that want to be public address announcers, you have to be able to read really well. That's important. That's that's probably more important than having this great booming voice. Sure. You just be able you have to be able to read well and be able to read on the fly and be able to interpret copy. And so the more you practice it and the more reps you have at reading out loud, then you know you you're going to make yourself valuable and, and you're going to be able to, um, to get that job. I, I know what you mean about the reading thing. Do you ever catch yourself reading something else out loud and you just go into that cadence of being the PA announcer and your <laughs> wife or a friend says, what are you doing? <laughs> I haven't had anybody do that, but sometimes I, I get people to say, Hey, um, would you mind recording a message for my phone for me? You know, <laughs> oh. <laughs> or things like that. You know, it's funny. Uh, but, uh, yeah, or, or sometimes people say, there's that announcer voice you're using. And I'm like, ah, well, you know, I, it, it comes with, comes with the territory, I guess. Yeah. Once you have it, it's hard to kind of shake that whenever you're not in that situation. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and I, I'm going to leave you with, with this question. Um, and since you weren't the uh, PA announcer for the football team in 2007, I was going to make my Pit 13, <laughs> West Virginia 9 joke. You're, you're never going to let us live that, that down. No, it's been, what, 13 plus years now. So <laughs> I can't let you live that one down. But on a happier note, uh, because I'm sure this will be a partisan West Virginia audience maybe who hears this. So I want to <laughs> stay on their good side. Um, do you have any, your your favorite memory, your favorite game that you've had as the WVU PA announcer? Well, um, I would say probably uh, for uh, basketball, I've had a lot of really uh, wonderful memories uh, because, as I mentioned, I, I kind of started doing the, the basketball PA as the team was really getting good. And so there were some really great games here over the last, uh, uh, what, I guess this 15 years, 15, 16 years I've been doing it. Um, remember Saturday afternoon here, it was a CBS national broadcast. UCLA came in here and we knocked off UCLA. I think they were ranked two or three. Uh, I tell you what, anytime we could beat Pitt here at the Coliseum, <laughs> those were always fantastic games. Um, even since we've been in the Big 12 Conference, we've knocked off uh, Kansas a couple of times here. They've had, they've had difficulty playing here in Morgantown um, when, they were, when they were ranked high or ranked number one here a couple of years ago. Uh, Baylor came in here, I think was ranked number one. Ohio State came in here one, one year. Um, uh, when I think John Beeline was the coach and uh, they were ranked second or third and we knocked them off. Um, so those are, those are some of the big games. Uh, I remember, I think Connecticut came uh, in here with John Calhoun uh, one year uh, and we, we knocked them off. Uh, it was like a, a game between Christmas and new year's and we really didn't have any student fans, um, which, you know, the student section here uh, can get pretty boisterous as, as you know. Yes. Um, and so um the uh, the Coliseum can be uh, difficult for teams to come in and play, and so I think we've uh, we've used that to our advantage over the years. Um, so yeah, th those have been some of the really the the, the fun games here uh, for basketball. Well, that's great, Bill. I really appreciate you doing this and uh, taking all my jabs uh, good naturedly. Yep. Thanks, Barry. Uh, once again, this is Bill Nevin, public address announcer for West Virginia men's basketball and football. And we'll be right back to wrap up this issue of the Game Day Workers podcast.
back to wrap things up here on this edition of the Game Day Workers podcast. Bill Nevin, great guest. Seems like a great guy. West Virginia notwithstanding. Um, but one thing I forgot to mention before he came on was that he was named the Bob Shepard PA announcer of the year in 2019 by the National Association of Sports Public Address Announcers. So obviously a great honor, well-deserved. And of course, Bob Shepard, the namesake of that award is the longtime, was the longtime public address announcer for the New York Yankees, who people call the voice of God. And if you're a baseball fan at all, I'm sure you've heard his voice. Uh, it sounds a little like this. Our batting number two, shortstop. Derek Jeter. Okay, that really wasn't Bob Shepard. That was actually our first ever podcast guest, Matt Franzblah, doing his Bob Shepard impression. So um, you you get the gist, though. But obviously, Bob Shepard, much, much better than Matt Franzblah. So once again, thanks, Bill Nevin, for coming on to the Game Day Workers podcast. And hopefully you'll head over to the website, gamedayworkers.com. Head over to the job board, which is jobs.gamedayworkers.com. You can also reach the job board from the website. And we will see you next week on the Game Day Workers podcast. Podcast.